And you're right, because I know you talk to thousands and thousands of people that are like, by the end of the year, you're like, ooh, crap. Well, I got to pay the tax, man, and uh, I don't have any money left. So you're 100% right on that side of it. And, and that's the way I operate today. When I first started, I didn't operate profit first side of it. But right now, obviously, reading your book and understanding that whole concept, it changes a lot. If you're a real estate investor who's sick and tired of living deal to deal, then welcome home. Hear from everyday real estate investors just like you and discover how they've completely transformed their business by taking a profit-first approach. This is the Profit First for REI podcast, where we believe revenue is vanity, profit is sanity. It's time to start making profit a habit in your business. So here's your host, David Richter. Today we have Bob Lachance, who has an incredible background in the real estate world and doing over 100 deals a year and uses virtual assistants. And he is also a provider of virtual assistants, but he also talks about his Profit First journey and how he learned it at a relatively young age, even before the book came out, So, which is very interesting as well, too. So this is might be something you could pass on to your future generations. I hope this episode provides value to you. Thank you so much again for listening. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is David Richter. We've got Bob Lachance in the studio here. Thank you so much, Bob, for coming on the show today. David, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. He runs Riva Global, which is a virtual assistant company, but he's also been in real estate for a long time. He loves doing the deals, so I'm excited to talk about that. But he's also a fan of Profit First and has implemented it and seen it work in his life. So that's what we want to focus on today, give other people hope in the real estate world. But Bob, why don't you just give people maybe a minute overview of like what you're doing and where you are in the real estate world? Sure. Real estate world. Um, last year we did 166 transactions. This year we're set to do over 220 plus. Uh, I use my virtual assistants. You know, I, like you said, I have a virtual assistant company, and I use my virtual assistants in my own business. I just think it's very important anyone who has a, a service business to make sure that they use their product, right? Whether right. it's a product or a service, I think it's a, yeah. it's kind of like you know you write in your book profit first if you don't. If you don't actually live by it, it's kind of, you know, it's one of those credibility things, I think. So um, that's a two-second rundown of what I'm doing right now. Awesome. So as you can see, he's in the real estate space. Out of those 166, are those flips, wholesales, retails, rentals, multifamily? What is that? Very good question. We're actually starting to build up our rental portfolio. We were at, I think, either 26 or 27 doors. And then we looked Uh at the market. We're like, why the heck are we holding anything? You know, we're making... Thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars on each flip, yeah, and or, or we're going to make what three, four, five hundred bucks a door per month. Right. I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. So we yep. decided to sell them all just because of the where the economy was, right? Uh, but we also do wholesaling, we do wholetailing, things like that. Couple fix and flip, not as many, um, but that, that's pretty much of a makeup of our business. Okay. Very cool. So well that you're using your own product and that you're doing a ton of deals and getting that uh, in the real estate space. So let's, let's focus on profit first. What got you even excited about the profit first message? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, I actually, that whole principle, you know, going yeah. back, I kind of learned that from my father back in the day. Okay. Um, yeah, you kind of look at in the way I break down profit first, I think it's really important. And I used to run a, a real estate education company as well. Um, and talking to students, the first thing I would say, because everyone would be all over the map on where they would come in, right? They would be, yeah. they'd say, all right, listen, Bob, I want to quit my job here and jump into real estate. I'd say, whoa, hold on. Before you do that, let's decide, you know, look at what your finances are. 
what is your, so if I have to break down profit first for me, and I know anyone, everyone in this world probably has a different answer, right? So I look at profit first and all right, first we have to identify what your total overhead is. You know, even if you're single, your family, it's the same thing. What's your total overhead? Once you figure out what your total overhead is, now you got to figure out in real estate, how are you going to take care of that total overhead? So if it's um, flipping properties or wholesaling, if, if it's 10 grand, you can figure that out pretty easy. But if you want to start buying and holding and take care of that passively, then you're going to have to mix wholesaling and take you know, 10, 20, 30% of each check and figure out what it costs you to buy a property and how much you're making per door. So you really have to start chunking it down and breaking it down to where you can offset that $10,000 to where, you know, I can't say you're financially free at that time, but you're taking care of all of your overhead. So if you take your money, you know, your, your check here, profit first says, you know, you're going to take a percentage of that, put it away here. And then you take it a next step further. If you're looking at buying a whole and passive income, you got to figure out in your area, how much is it per door that you're going to make? Right. So yeah. you kind of you kind of peel back the layers on that side of it. And I would do that with every single student that we would have. And it would just make sense because I never want to put anyone in, in a bad spot. Right. I mean, right. if you're making let's say you're making one hundred thousand dollars in a non real estate business and you want to join real estate, how are you then going to offset that money? Because you're using that money for something, whether it's living expenses or to take care of your family. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. So then. A lot of people in the real estate space, once they jump in, they think that real estate is going to be the end all be all and fi- you know, fix all their financial problems. Why do you think a lot of people jump in and they start living deal to deal? Yeah, it's because um, it's very easy to burn cash. It's very, very easy. And that's why, you know, that's why it's a good question you ask me about buying and holding and things like that. I, I yeah. think, and I, I'm a huge believer that you have to have passive income in this business because if you're only a wholesaler, you're going to have months where a deal falls apart and you're like, Oh, well, you know, how am I going to pay my bills? Let's say you have a hundred grand in the bank today. You know, you're doing well, you're doing well, 200 grand, 300 grand. Well, guess what? Market changes. And then you hit a little roadblock. If you have passive income, you're making that $10,000 a month. Guess what? You're always able to pay bills. You're always able to feed yourself. You're always able to, you know, everybody needs some of that, whether it's a business or passive income. Think about that. Right? I have a virtual assistant company that also is profitable. I also have a real estate company yeah. that's profitable. So if one kind of takes a roadblock and takes a little little dip, the other one offsets it. So that that's kind of how I look at it. What do you think about people that have those multiple businesses and one is hurting you know, like how long before you go out back and shoot it? Or have you ever yep. seen businesses that they, uh, they're they just in business with the one because it's profitable and it's just giving the other one life support? Have you ever seen that before? Oh, I 100%. I've seen it a lot. Yeah. You have to identify and you have to say, listen, you know, if you're burning cash three, six months, then you really have to take a step back. Because sometimes a lot of times it's a pride thing for us, you know, for any entrepreneur. Sometimes a pride, you're saying, well, this is my baby. Well, sometimes that baby is, uh, should be, you know, should be let go, right. <laughs> you know, because yeah. it's just part of business. You have, we all have to be realistic and put our ego aside and say, Hey, listen, there's a time and a place and we should let that go. Um, however, here's the challenge you run into as well, because yeah. real estate investing, when you're brand new, it's going to take you six months to get ramped up. Don't quit. Keep going. That to me is not a baby right? Yeah. That's not like a new baby. That is something that's a long-term investment. 
So for me yeah. personally, if you're going to start something brand new, I don't look at real estate investing if you're going to start from tomorrow to six months. That's not brand new. We're talking about you know if you're going to invest in um, I don't know uh, uh, um, currency or you're going to invest in coins or you're going to invest in that. And guess what? It's it, you're you're losing money, losing money, losing money. Take that money out back and put it back into real estate. You're never going to lose in real estate. I mean, let me rephrase that. You're never going to lose 100% of your money if you invest in real estate because you have a hard asset. I've never seen a property go from $100,000 to zero in my life. And I don't think we're ever going to see it because you know it's, it's, an, it's an asset that can be traded. Yeah. Buy real estate and wait. That's for sure. Yep. So in your business, it sounds like you had these principles. You learned them from your dad. And that way you were able to... Tra- did When you started your businesses, did you have that cash management in place? Or like, did you have some way to make sure? Or did that come later on? Or did you read Profit First down the road? Or like, how did that happen to where, you know, hopefully you were profitable for, you know, a long time? Yeah. So I read Profit First along the way. So in, yeah. in, in, it's look at my virtual assistant company. It's the same thing as what we just talked about prior to that of offsetting your income. When you start any business, let's say hypothetically, it's going to take you, um, I don't know, you're going to budget $10,000 a month for that one business. It's an investing company because you got marketing costs, all that stuff. If you're a solopreneur, you're going to say, okay, uh, David, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take an investment of $60,000 and per month, it's $5,000 per month for marketing costs, right? Yeah. Then you'll know how long you actually have until you have to start generating revenue. Same thing with a virtual assistant company. You have to look at how many clients it takes you to break even because you ha- in any business, you have a cost. You have a fixed cost. Right. So, in, so that's the way I look at it. I look at it a little different maybe. I look at, all right, what's it going to cost me per month? And then how many clients does it take for me to offset that cost to where I'm going to be profitable? Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yep. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. What about paying yourself and making sure you have money for taxes? Like, do you factor all that into your fixed costs or is that like, yeah. okay, I want to cover my overhead, but then here's what I need for making sure we have above and beyond that. Yeah. So I've done both of them to be 100% yeah. transparent. I've done both of them because when you're in startup mode, man, you're just like, all right, how am I going to break even? Then right. I'll figure out the tax side of it. But now once you're established, um, you build all of that into where you have to put money away, especially for taxes. And you're right, because I know you talk to thousands and thousands of people that are like, by the end of the year, you're like, ooh, crap. Well, I got to pay the tax, man. And uh, I don't have any money left. So you're 100% right on that side of it. And, and that's the way I operate today. When I first started, I didn't operate profit first side of it. But right now, obviously, reading your book and understanding that whole concept, it changes a lot. Well, then, back then, was there times that... <laughs> that you thought about throwing out the baby with the bathwater or get, you uh-huh. know, throwing in the towel on mm-hmm. either real estate or the V8 company? So on the real estate side, yeah. So I started in 2004. Okay. My first deal was a uh, was a fix and flip. I made, yeah. I think it was $32,000. So it was pretty cool. But after that, I didn't make money for another year because oh, wow. I joined, I don't know if you know uh, Pat Precourt, but I joined him yeah. um, in the short sale world and I door knocked for a year straight. But my, my thought process was, um, and I didn't ask him for a penny. I just wanted to join a team yeah. and I wanted to start a company. So I ended up being partners with him after a first year because I earned it. Um, but I never asked for a paycheck. After that, I, of course, I started making money. But my thought process was, I'm going to learn the business from ground up and then I'll earn my keep. It's kind of like the, the whole concept you give before you get. Yeah. And uh, obviously, in this, this case, it worked out because Pat offered me 50% of the company. 
uh, back in 2005. So that worked out that way. Um, but I think, I think it's important. You know, that's another concept. I think you talk about this on your show too, is understanding um, how to give before you get in our industry, because a lot of people are, you know, don't look at it that way. Yeah. A lot of people are takers. That's for sure. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So then along the way, then sounds like later on, you got into the better financial habits and the systems yep. and the processes. So <coughs> that when you read profit first, maybe a little, you know, a few years ago, or maybe, I don't know, even recently, and then it would start to turn around or like, have you been profitable for a while? And this just helped you ramp all that up? Or like, did it just give clarity? What helped, what helped you the most? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. So for me, I've been profitable for a long time, um, just yeah. because I started so long ago. Um, but the profit first and where that actually works is the individuals that work for me. So educating okay. them on what profit first means. Like for me, I was implementing it. I was, I was fortunate to be able to implement it. Like, like we talked about, learn yeah. that from my father, learn that from my mentors, learn that from my business partners, things like that. But on this side of it, the, the great thing about profit first is you could then give it to the individuals that work for you. So for instance, in this whole, literally that, that, the, the kind of the, the model I was just talking about, I had these conversations with our guys in our office. They want to start buying a home. I said, all right, cool. You're going to start buying a home. Look at exactly what your, what your household costs are yeah. and look at your commissions, take a portion of that, put it over here and look at the average price per house in our area or per door. What is your down payment needed? needed? And then so now they can run it backwards and figure out how many houses they can buy per month or per year. Yeah, I like that a lot because yep. a lot of people don't know those numbers just to be able to say, what in the world do we need? So right. it's a very good and, and, and the great thing about And the great thing about Profit First is you could anchor back to a real, you know, a book, a strategy, you know, show them online. It's always good to, to be able to show them because then they're like, oh, now I get it rather right. than tell them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, then let's switch to your VA business. So what do you see the most... You know, like what does a virtual assistant help with the most for real estate investors? Is it the time saving? Is it the, you know, process systems, automation setup? Is it, you know, just taking off those $10 an hour tasks? Like what is, what do you see now being in this world for a long time that one of the biggest benefits people getting from working with a virtual assistant? Yeah, I think number one, it's taking time off their, you know, because everything, you know, time is limited. You know, a lot of us now, the older we get, we start having families, you start, you know, you have spouses that want to go on vacation, your phones, you know, we're so connected with our phones that it's sometimes it's almost a, a curse, right? You're on vacation sure. and you can't hide. I mean, you can't hide anymore. Think about this. Oh, I got a hot deal. You know, we need an answer to this. You have someone in the office. Like it just, it doesn't stop. It just keeps hammering. You got the social media that doesn't stop all that kind of garbage that just, yeah. you know, thrown at us every day. So when you have a virtual assistant to help you out, it, it, it allows you to have time. And there's so many different tasks in our business that need to get done on a consistent basis. If they don't get done, you're going to fall behind your competitor right down the street that is consistently doing these things. So it's really, really important. You got obviously time freedom. You got um, businesses that want to scale or businesses want to become more efficient. So those are the three things that I see um, that are very, very beneficial by working with a virtual assistant. Do you think or do you have virtual assistants that close deals? Or do you think that's more of an in-house type thing? That's a very good question. I would challenge anybody in this. If anybody is relying on a virtual assistant in a different country to close your deals, you will be out of business soon. Mm. That's not their role. Their role is 
either admin tasks or or lead generation, yeah. right? And there's other tasks, of course, inside there. But I've had a virtual assistant company for since 2014. I've tried every role, like every single role. And if I, as a business owner, are gonna are, are going to rely on a virtual assistant to close my deals, I am gonna be. I'm, I'm not gonna be. Um, I'm not going to end up on the right side of being a successful business owner because this is our business. It's it's my business. It's um you know there's people in the office that are going to be looking at me going in every single day in the office, and they're going to rely on their paycheck. And if I rely rely on somebody else to do that that I don't directly manage, mm-hmm. um, I, I just say shame on me on that side of it. Okay, what do you yeah. think are some of the mistakes that people? do when they first onboard with a virtual assistant? Uh, wrong expectations. Mm, I think, okay. you know, you have to know exactly what role you want. For example, um, if I'm going to bring on a virtual assistant, because um, let's say I'm cold calling all day long, that's going to, that's going to wear me out as a, a solopreneur or a business owner, because we all know that phone work, consistent calling is going to bring in consistent leads. Yeah. So if I'm going to take that off my plate and give it to a virtual assistant, now my expectations are I'm going to have somebody calling either four hours a day or eight hours a day. That's an expectation that, you know, if I'm going to take that off my plate and give it to somebody, that is something that 100% I have to know that they're going to do. And then there's end of day reports they could send in to make sure that, you know, hey, how many dials, how many connects, how many leads did you send over? So it's that simple, but it's as an entrepreneur, it's being very clear on what you want that virtual system to do as per that task that you want and the end result. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Then with the virtual assistant company, uh, if someone's just getting started out, what would you say is one of the best roles to bring on, you know, right away that maybe a virtual assistant can handle? So it all depends on what your end, like, like we said, what is your end goal? Do you need leads? If it's you need leads, then I would recommend that they cold call, they text message, right? Um, okay. They take inbound calls from your direct mail, or they take inbound calls, or or they if you're PPC and you have new leads, they could pre-screen them before they send them over to you. So if that's lead generation, or if it's guess what, you need branding and you need your your face out there all the time, they can help with social media, they can help with posting, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, they can help with all that. Um, if you have a podcast, as an example, I know you're not, if you do a podcast, I've dealt with some clients that are new uh, or newer um, and they have podcasts. Guess what? There's so much stuff. Once we do this podcast, there's a whole list of stuff that needs yeah. to be done to right. cut up all of these and send them on social media to send them because obviously this is branding. What we're doing right now is marketing and brand. It's really branding. And then it starts with the marketing side because people are attracted to, to what you offer. So there's a laundry list of stuff that uh, virtual assistants do uh, within this within this podcast. Uh, if you're a property manager, guess what? Uh, if you're a brand new property manager, there's so many tasks on the property management side. You have tenants calling. If you're managing for other clients, you have clients calling you. You have you have uh, to make sure that all the properties are leased. You have tenant screening. You got lease renewals. You got a bunch of different stuff that happens within different niches of real estate. Right. Yeah, that's good stuff because it sounds like they can handle a lot of different aspects. You just mm-hmm. don't want them closing the deals. So it sounds like right. everything else that can be managed or that's repeatable, a VA would be a good fit for. 
And lead generation is different than closing a deal, right? Closing a yeah. deal is, you know, you're the final one that's negotiating because think about this, David, in, in any one of our businesses, you know, you may be dealing with a rehabber. That's a little different exit strategy. You got to buy at a different number. You right. know, the wholesaler, a little different number, wholetail, because you're going to fund it out yourself and relist it. There's just little different nuances in within that bucket that I think that, you know, you and I can handle better on the closing side than somebody that is virtual, my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would yeah. say that as well, too. It's awesome. Well, good stuff there. Just a few final questions then. This is more general. Since you've been in business for a while, what would you say has been one habit that has contributed to your success the most over the years? I think a habit of actually implementing and actually doing. Instead of just over-educating yourself, you have to implement. If you implement and you fail, you're still moving forward. So what I mean by that is, is, you know, a lot of us take too much time analyzing stuff and don't take enough time taking action. You have to take action because if it doesn't work the first time, it'll work the second time. It doesn't work the second time, it'll work the third time. You just have to keep going and going and going. I think the action side of it is extremely important for all of us entrepreneurs out there, no matter what industry you're in. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. How about the hardest lesson? you've learned as a real estate investor? Hardest lesson is actually, um, and I, I was talking to, at a podcast yesterday, Mark Delator, good buddy of ours. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I know you know Mark very well. And um, yep. he asked me a similar question. I think it's the shiny object syndrome. Mm. It's There's so much crap out there on the internet, right? That they're yeah. selling you on the next best, best thing, next best thing here, next best thing there. It's staying focused, um, you know, in our real estate business, even in our, my VA side of it, side of my business, when we started being successful and we started focusing first on that one thing, yeah, right. Instead of doing 900 things at once, you got to get good at that one thing and you could always add on to that next thing. So if you're looking at wholesale, guess what? Get really good at wholesale, which means you got to get good at marketing. If you're good at marketing. The leads are going to come in. If you know how to wholesale, then guess what? Huh? If you have access to money, then you could buy that property and resell it if you have to. Or you could add in a, a, a uh, construction team and start rehabbing. But you got to get good first at that one thing before you add on uh, other things. Yeah, yeah, that is that is very true. So then just the last question here, since you provide a lot of value here, there's been a lot of good things. I mean, if you haven't learned something from this episode, you need to go back and listen to it again. But what would you say? is the best way to get a hold of you, either with a virtual assistant company or I don't know if you're looking for anything else. Yeah, I would say very simple. Um, check us check us out on our website, which is revaglobal.com, revaglobal.com. You can check us out. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're all over the place there. You can send me a direct email if you want. It's bob at reva, R-E-V-A, global.com. If you have any questions, I'd be, you know, and I can, I can help you out. More than uh, More than happy to do that. Good stuff. We use virtual assistants in our business and they are, you know, it is, uh, I've worked with one for eight years now. So I really right. enjoy uh, working with them as well too. So if you are a real estate investor, you've been listening to Bob and how he was, he got that, uh, the profit first message early. It sounds like his dad had that, that mindset and then now worrying about it and implementing it more. If you need that in your business, go to simplecfo.com. We'd love to help you with our fractional CFO service. If we're not the right fit, we'll get you to someone good in the financial space because don't want you losing any more money. Don't want you doing more deals thinking that's going to solve everything. I want to make sure you have every dollar going where it's supposed to. 
Then if you listened here as well too, go to RevaGlobal.com if you're wanting the virtual assistant help. Then thank you so much for being on here, Bob. Uh, it was a great episode. Uh, enjoyed having you on here today. David, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. And remember, if you're listening, make profit a habit in your business. This episode of the Profit First for REI podcast is over, but there are plenty more where that came from. Are you ready to learn how David and his team can help implement the Profit First system in your business? Schedule a discovery call at simplecfo.com right now. We'll see you next time on the Profit First for REI podcast with David Richter.